This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, hello. How are tricks? Welcome back to Sustainable-ish. Thank you so much for tuning in. This episode is going out in the last week of September, or Switchtember, as I have decreed it will henceforth be known. So I'm doubling down on efforts to get everyone, and I mean everyone, or is that a little too ambitious, uh, switching to a renewable energy tariff. As I see it, it is a total no-brainer. Instead of giving your hard-earned money to a dirty fossil fuel company, you switch and instead it's not only funding renewable energy, it's sending a message to the energy industry that we want more clean energy. And hooray for that. But the benefits don't stop there. Oh no. Switching might cut your carbon footprint by up to a quarter and it will probably save you money. Oh, and did I mention it will take you less than 10 minutes? Now, you might just be able to tell I am so passionate about getting people to make this switch. Just imagine if we all switched and got 10 other people to switch. We really can be the change. Excitingly, Sustainable-ish now has a dedicated page on the Big Clean Switch website to make it even easier. Big Clean Switch is an energy comparison site that only lists clean energy tariffs. So basically, they've done all the hard work and research, so we don't have to. The special link, if you've got a pen and paper to scribble it down, or you can find it on the show notes on the website, the special link is www.bigcleanswitch.org forward slash sustainable-ish. And if you switch via this link, it means that we can track the numbers for Switch Timber and that Sustainable-ish also gets a small commission to help us fund things here at HQ. Right then, in today's show, I am chatting to Jo Hand, who along with her husband founded Geeky, an app that helps to make it easier to shop more sustainably at the supermarket. Obviously, in an ideal world, we'd all be swanning around our local zero-waste shops and have time to visit our local greengrocers and butchers and bakers, and when we have got the time then we absolutely should be doing that. But for most of us, the reality is either a mad dash around the supermarket while the kids are whinging or an online delivery. And shopping sustainably at the supermarket is really, really hard. So when I heard about an app that I could use to scan products either whilst I'm in the supermarket or probably more feasibly with a bit of peace and quiet at home and get instant information on different sustainability criteria, I couldn't wait to find out more. Enjoy. Hi Joe, welcome to Sustainable-ish. Hi there, I'm really pleased to be here. I'm really excited to dive in and talk to you. Um, let's kick off, as we always do, by asking you to introduce yourself. 
So I'm Joe, Joe Hand, and I set up Geeky with James, my husband, in 2017. And we want to make it easy for people to consume more sustainably. Okay, there is a lot to unpick there. Let's dive into that. So what is Geeky? Tell us about Geeky. So uh, in the nutshell, it is an app which enables you to scan a supermarket barcode or search for a product, and it tells you how that product performs its various sustainability, health, and animal-related issues. So um, we award badges, and the product will get a badge if it fits certain criteria. And we also suggest alternative products which score better if you want to, to make changes. Now, this makes so much sense when you, when I sort of first came across it, I was like, that is genius. And it feels like it's something that should have already been around for years, doesn't it? It does. I mean, we were really surprised when we first came up with the idea that it didn't already exist. And I think that the data is quite a a barrier to entry, Um, you know, just getting all the information Mm. and pulling it together and and also providing it in a way that that is easy to access. Because I think that's one of our challenges as as individuals, you know, how do you be how do you behave more sustainably? Um, because the information is often not there or confusing or conflicting. Yeah. Um, so that was that's definitely uh you know a challenge for everybody and we wanted to try to make it easier for people to overcome that. Brilliant. Yeah. So the idea is you download the app and it's a free app, isn't it? Exactly. Um, yes it is. You download it and then when you're at the supermarket or even I was I was playing with it at home, just going through the cupboards and looking at what what got what scores um, and you scan the barcode and then it, as you say, it comes up with it sort of, it doesn't rate them really, does it? But it gives them different badges as to the packaging and the, um, I think you've got a, a sustainable palm oil badge, have you? Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah, and low carbon footprint, um, organic, and then we look at issues like animal welfare and animal testing as well, and and healthiness, looking at fat, sugar, and salt, um, and then we also look at things like chemicals of concern in in non food products, and um, looking at cleaning and, and makeup as well. Is are they kind of greener, the the the, the more positive, you know, the kind uh, okay. of top end of the spectrum? Yeah, because yeah. it's not just food; is it? it's cleaning products and and as you said, exactly, um, yeah, maybe cosmetics and things. Or? Yeah, because it's basically anything that you can buy in the supermarket. Okay. Yeah, so we've got about two hundred eighty thousand UK supermarket products in there. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, the the computers whiz hard at, uh, <laughs> <laughs> whenever anybody scans. <laughs> wow. So can you just quickly run through what what the badges are? How many badges are there? Yeah. So we've got thirteen in total. And around sustainability, we've got uh, sustainable palm oil, organic, uh, UK made, uh, low carbon footprint, responsible sourcing uh, and better packaging. And then within health, we've got healthier option, chemicals of concern and free from additives. And then within animal welfare, we have got, uh, well, within animals, we've got animal welfare for food Mm -hmm. and animal testing for non-food. So how did you decide on... The badges. There are so many different elements to kind of air quote sustainability, aren't there? How did you decide what the badges were going to be? Um, yeah, that was based on on. Uh, we were really lucky when we first started out. We had a lot of time to to sp- get into the nitty gritty of yeah. you know endless academic studies and scientific studies, and it was working out where the most material impacts were in terms of. Uh, 
you know, what we buy on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And also whether the data is there to provide insights um, and, you know, something meaningful for people to actually take action on. So those are the, the two main criteria. And also talking to our community as well. So when we first came up with the idea, we actually were thinking we'll just focus on climate change. Right. But our research showed that, you know, that's important to some people, but other people care about, you know, animal welfare yeah. or whether it's healthy, et cetera. And we decided we needed a one-stop shop so that you can look at whatever issue is most relevant to you. Yeah. And that's, the thing is, I think you've got a question on your FAQs that says something about rating the importance of the badges. And I guess one of the um, really beautiful things about the app is that, as you say, everybody will have different priorities. For some people, it will be plastic. For other people, it will be vegan or animal welfare. For other people, it will be carbon footprint. And this is just giving people the information so they can make their choices based on their own almost hierarchy. Exactly, that's right. And we did think, should we give an overall score? But right. then we thought, well, you know, it, it it is different for everybody. And also, you have different times in life when you're more focused on different areas. Yeah. So, um, so that was the rationale of the badges. No, it's fabulous. So you said when you first came up with the idea, how did the idea come about? I think it was an awareness that clearly human impact on the planet is too great. And, mm -hmm. you know, we see that from a climate change, biodiversity, destruction of natural habitats, etc. And equally important, human survival is dependent on our natural yeah. world. So, you know, we've got uh, until 2030 from a climate perspective to really turn things around. And we were also very aware that there's a massive disconnect in terms of people's um, concern and desire to act on sustainability issues and their ability to do so yeah. um, because there's a lack of information. Um, it's not easy. You know, if you shop in a UK supermarket, it's quite difficult to make sustainable yeah. choices. Um, so we wanted to try and close that gap as much as possible and provide you know, independent, um, transparent information so that people can make the choices that they often want to make. Yeah. So what was your background before you did this? Um, it was not in app building, put it that way. <laughs> uh, so I'd started um, out as a journalist. I used to work at the BBC and um, and Channel Four and, uh, and worked on various a couple of newspapers. And then um, in my early thirties, I went to work uh, for a climate change charity called CDP, um, which was a you know fascinating uh, in terms of uh, building my awareness around the challenges around climate change. Mm -hmm. um, so that, yeah, that was, that was my background. And then I stopped working for a few years to, to look after our, our young kids who are mm -hmm. now at school. Um, and James, my husband, he was actually worked in finance. So he was an investor and, and so was very, uh, he's a data lover and is never happier when he's in the depths of a spreadsheet uh, working out, you know, the, the multitude of different yeah. elements that we look at in the app. And he's also done quite a lot of environmental social governance investing. So it always had an interest in this area from a data perspective so that that was that was our kind of background and starting point so whose idea was it was it because I have loads of amazing ideas and my husband just gets I say amazing ideas in inverted <laughs> commas and my husband's always like oh right yeah okay and then just hopes I'll forget about it like is, is it similar in your house I fortunately no, I think it's <laughs> I think it was a sort of we came to this came to the point from different angles but it I think it was this feeling that 
that as individuals and as consumers and as citizens or you know whatever you want to call the mm. the public we there's a there's a real power there and yeah. there's the power of the collective is not to be underestimated mm. and we're seeing that around plastics and you know this desire yeah. that people have to drive change and and if you can bring people together and provide them with the information that they want to do that that yeah. can you know that can really make a massive difference and i think that was something that motivated both of us um because i think that that's you know, we often hear about policy being the answer and that companies need to change, et cetera, and, you know, regulation is crucial, et cetera. But I think often in all these debates, until fairly recently, actually, although it has changed a lot recently with Extinction Rebellion and Greta Thunberg, et cetera, the power of us as individuals and us as groups and communities can be massive. And, yeah. and I think that that's, you know, we should all remember that, that no, none of us are too small to make a difference. Absolutely. And I there's a statistic I came across when I was um, researching my book, and it's something like 60 to 70% of global greenhouse gas emissions come from household consumption, come from the decisions that we're making about where we get our energy come from, how we're yeah. traveling, all those kinds of things. And like, that's huge, isn't it? So, and as you say, I think the vast majority of us have that desire, are concerned about climate change, have that desire to, to um, have a positive impact but that disconnect between how we go about doing that and how difficult it is. So anything that can help to make it easier for us to get the information and then make more informed choices is just amazing. Yeah, exactly. No, I totally agree. And you know, your your Facebook group and everything that you do does that in spades. That people want answers and they just want you know some guidance and some practical steps that that result in tangible actions that actually make a difference. And I think you know anything that can provide that is great. Yeah. Now I'm sure you will have found this when you started sort of collecting the data and things that people want answers, don't they? And they want nice clear cut we all want it to be easy like buy this or, or buy that yeah and these um issues are so complex and so complicated that that sometimes it just isn't possible to do that is that's something that you struggled with uh it's definitely um yeah i think it's a real challenge for the environmental movement generally that the, yeah nothing simple and we see it particularly around palm oil at the moment that there are hugely differing views on what the solutions there are and what we've tried to do is um focus on best practice focus on what the best is that's out there at the moment and it might not be perfect you know in terms of access to data you know there's no such thing as perfect data yeah. or perfect information and actually just just making um work what is currently available and there's a huge amount of information that is available but often buried in the bowels of reports that very right. few people have read or um you know in in databases that that you know until we spent you know six months looking for them we didn't find them and i think it's pulling all of that information together and and ensuring that we're pulling out the 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 information that is best practice and most meaningful yeah. um, that's enabled us to hopefully present information that that's kind of easy to act upon but it is yeah. I mean it is very complex and I think that's one of the challenges sometimes the complexity can lead to inaction because it can just all feel so overwhelming and yes. so complex what do we do but yeah. I, I don't think it needs to be like that yeah yeah. So where did you even start with collecting that data? You said, you know, six months trawling through studies and things like that, but I just wouldn't even know where to start, where to even start looking. Um, 
so we started kind of badge by badge. I think we started with climate change um, and looking really at all the academic studies that were, and all the scientific studies that were out there. And, you know, the, the internet is a wonderful thing. You can find many, many things on there. Um, and pulling that into a sort of massive uh, document that we build or built around uh, what information was out there. And then James, who's who's uh, loves data, would then pull that into the database that we started to build and start to build algorithms that would pull out the trends on that. So at a very simple level, and I'll, uh, this, this will help kind of None illustrate of what it. you said simple. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for, so for example, for the badge, the data sources we use there are on-pack information. So right. we look on the pack, um, does this product get um, soil association or USDA, which is the US Department of Agriculture, or EU organic uh-huh. certification? If it does, then we will uh, say that this product's an organic one. So that that um, so each badge has a different methodology, but on pack information combined with lots of other sources um, and government guidelines, for example, as well, um, is what we use to to enable us to um, to draw the conclusions. So you have, you or somebody has physically had to trawl through, look at the package, you know, each product's packaging and pull off the information that you can from there. Luckily, the... um... Luckily, the joy of technology is that we don't have to do that manually. Right. So, there, yes, we we can access that in a you digital. Live form. in a supermarket. For <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah. Months. Although, although I have to say, some supermarkets are not accessible in digital form. So we have right. we have spent quite a lot of time in supermarket aisles inputting data and getting slightly strange looks from people. <laughs> See, the whole thing you said about the database and collecting all that just makes me feel vaguely sick. I think I must just not be a data person, but I guess if you're someone like James who loves it, they're like really happy. Exactly. It's, it's horses for courses. And yes. Um, yes, that's definitely his area of, uh, his area of expertise that, yeah, it's, uh, it bring, making the data tell stories and come alive is, uh, you know, I love the stories and what it shows us and what yes. it tells us. And, 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 um, but yeah, getting into the nitty gritty of the spreadsheets uh, yeah. for hours and hours is definitely more his thing than mine. And to be able to take that probably quite dry, set of data and as you say to be able to turn that into stories or to into information that's easily accessible and understandable there's a real knack to that I think. Yeah I think often that's the challenge with a lot of the research that's that's provided or that's not provided that's available um, that it's not very accessible for mm. people who would actually be really, really interested in what it's telling us. Um, and the media obviously plays a really important role in, in translating into sort of layman's language some of some of the technical studies that, that come out around all sorts of environmental issues. Um, but it, I think that's, you know, that's a really important factor that, that there is a huge amount of information out there and it's just making it accessible. Yeah. So when did you first launch? I think you had a beta test first did you a sort of trial yes, version exactly so our first trial version we had at december 2017 and we tested it on about 10 people and mm-hmm. one of my my old uh, my old boss actually at cdp uh, rang me up and he was one of our testers uh, he's he's one of our directors called paul and he said my goodness joe it's amazing the scan actually works this, <laughs> this really could work yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I think we were all slightly, you know, uh, you know, you just never know what, how things are going to play out. Yeah. And, um, and after the, that testing on 10 people, um, 
we then built a second version to test on about 50 people. And um, that was when we introduced the alternatives because I showed it to a friend of mine and she scanned, I think she had a sort of fruit bar for her kids and she scanned that and it came back with I don't know something like two out of seven badges and she said well that's pretty rubbish isn't it I mean you've just created a problem for me here yes yes um what you know thanks I thought I was doing the right thing by my kids and actually <laughs> you know I bought this product that looks terrible on the app and and that was when we came up with the alternatives idea because actually you've only de- you've only done half the job if you've yeah if you provided the information about the product, you then need to suggest, well, here are some other options. Because And I think that's one of the brilliant things is that, as you say, when you scan an item, it gives you the ratings and then suggests alternatives, doesn't it? How is that some clever algorithm thing or how does that work? So what we do there is we search for uh, similar products that score better to get mm-hmm. a higher number of badges. Um, and that's, that's in a nutshell how that works. And because of the way the database is, is built and that every, every product type is categorized, that's, that's how we're able to do that. Oh, okay. So is there the potential or, or is, is it able now? Like if I scanned something and it said it was um, really low on uh, carbon footprint and I specifically wanted to find something with a, a better carbon footprint, is, is there that capability in there or is it just does it just suggest alternatives that measure better across the board yes at the moment it's just alternatives that measure better across the board and we did think quite a lot about the personalization um within the app but mm-hmm. all of our um surveys and user interviews suggested that that wasn't sort of high up the priority mm-hmm. list but we are actually just in the process of building um an online or website version of the app which enables you to interrogate the data in a totally different way and that oh, okay. that will have the personalization element so you'd be able to search on you know shampoos that use sustainable palm oil oh, and, okay. and prioritize yeah. around particular areas because you're right that's definitely what what some people do want because yeah to the point about the badges some are more important than others to, to mm-hmm. individuals yeah so when did you roll out with a full-scale launch? Uh, so we launched the iPhone version in May 2018 mm-hmm. and then the Android version in October 2018. Wow, so only just over a year that it's yes. been sort of out there. What's the response been like? It's been great. I mean, it's been, I think, to your point that why didn't this exist before? <laughs> I think people were like, yeah, this is, what we, this is something that we really need and want. And yeah, let's, let's, let's see how it can help provide a bit more insight into the sort of regular supermarket shop. So um, right at the beginning, we were lucky that we got some really good press coverage um, in, in various nationals. And that just helped get the word out there. And then in um, October, uh, the Iceland advert on palm oil was banned and that obviously raised a lot more awareness around the palm oil issues and we just released our sustainable palm oil badge then oh brilliant that that, yeah I think that was really uh you know totally fortuitous that it happened to be ready at that time but um it meant that where people wanted to see does this product contain palm oil and is it sustainable Mm -hmm. for the first time ever they were able to do that quickly and easily yeah, because there are so many different names for palm oil and it gets kind of hidden away in the ingredients list, doesn't it? So exactly. having something that will just say yes or no and is this, is this sustainable is, is absolutely amazing. So what happens if we scan a product and it's not on there? So our database isn't complete. Uh, so we've, pr- we've got the vast majority of supermarket products, but there are some that aren't in there. Um, so you can, 
you can input the product within the app, um, which takes probably about five minutes. And we've been surprised how many people have done that. So actually well over a thousand people have input uh, product, yeah. individual product data, which is great. Um, so they, they pull the data off and put it in for you almost. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then we review it and then and then show it in the app as a user input uh, mm-hmm. product. Um, so that that's... Uh, it's fantastic when people do that because it just means that we can incorporate that into the database and then make that available to everybody. Fab. And did you, how many products again did you say are on there at the moment? Uh, 280,000. Wow. And is it something you're continually adding to? Yes, it is. So we're always willing to, to, you know, fill in any gaps that we've got. Wow. Thinking about sustainable shopping, and as you said, it's quite difficult or it feels quite difficult at the moment in the UK to go to the supermarket and shop sustainably whether we're looking for plastic free products or any other list of criterias have you got any other tips that you've kind of picked up along the way for people other than using the app there's some simple changes that they can make yeah I definitely think it's around changing habits Mm -hmm. which which can be very small changes but they can actually be quite significant in terms of their impact um and you know a few very sort of simple examples of reducing the amount of meat that we eat, uh, increasing the amount of vegetables, obviously, or pulses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And buying organic is better for biodiversity. So organic farms have about fifty percent more birds and bees and biodiversity than, wow. than non-organic farms. Um, and although organic is more expensive, if you reduce the amount of meat and cheese and that yeah. kind of thing that you're eating at we've we've found that that's made quite a significant difference to our to our regular shopping Mm -hmm. bill um surprising difference actually um so those i think that it's it's more about sort of little changes um certainly you know reducing plastic usage but that i mean that is very difficult in a supermarket i mean we've looked at our data 80 percent of fruit and veg in supermarkets in the uk has some form of packaging and it's usually plastic and Mm. you know you you, all you have to do is look around the aisles of a supermarket and see how difficult it is to go plastic free yeah um but you know i think you know hopefully that will evolve over time yeah and do Um, you because there's a packaging badge isn't there does that have information about plastics on there and how easily recyclable or otherwise they might be yeah exactly so the aim of that badge is is threefold basically it's helping you to use less plastic less rubbish so less less waste going to landfill mm-hmm. and more recycling okay. um, because often it's difficult to decipher what the re- what the recycling yes. information actually is so we wanted to make that really easy and, and just just uh, indicate which products from that perspective do have a lower environmental impact and sometimes if stuff's in a box and you think oh brilliant and then you get it home and you open it up and there's a plastic pouch inside you're yeah. like oh damn it <laughs> exactly exactly and some things that I remember last year I decided I'd try day plastic free, which, you know, was not very know, amb- even not ambitious, yeah. but it was really hard. I couldn't find any rice without plastic. Yeah. Even when they're in a, in a cardboard box, it still has a little plastic window. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah it's, uh, it's so embedded in our culture now. It's, it's really hard to avoid. And actually, you know, often it's a local greengrocer or a farmer's market or mm-hmm. uh, yeah. local shops that, that, that it's easier to reduce your plastic usage. Yeah. In. And you, you mentioned that you've, as a family, started to reduce the amount of meat and dairy and things that, that you're using or that you're eating. Has the, in the, in the journey of developing the app, has it changed how you shop yourself? Yeah, massively. I mean, I'd say our cupboards look 
totally different. Really? Yeah. And so James, my husband's gone veggie. Mm-hmm. And one of our daughters has also gone veggie at school and the other one stopped eating red meat at school. I've stopped okay. eating red meat, massively reduced my cheese mm. in, intake, which I was having cheese every day or twice a day. So it probably, <laughs> probably yeah. wasn't a bad thing. Um, we buy more organic, uh, buy less in the supermarket. And we also get the train much more, try and get the train rather than go in the car. Just equally because it's more enjoyable. Um, And actually the whole experience is quite a different one. And we try not to fly for holidays um, at all. Um, And then things like making things last for longer as well or reusing them. Like my daughter needed a hairband the other day. I decided to make her one rather than buy one. Yeah, and then the other one's score shoes were sort of falling apart, and I thought, oh, I'll just super glue them up. And yeah. They'll be fine for, five for a bit longer. <laughs> exactly. And it's all these, you know, I think it's definitely that once you start thinking about these things, it becomes actually very enjoyable to see um, what changes that you can make. And, and I genuinely think for us, it's been really life enhancing because. Mm you view things differently, you take pleasure from things in a different way. It's not all about the accumulation of stuff and this notion that buying something will make you feel better um, because it, you know, it might do momentarily, but uh, in the long term, it definitely doesn't or doesn't for us. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is, convenience has become very embedded in our culture, hasn't it? And as you say, the sort of stuff and accumulation of stuff and things and and so on the one hand, we're looking at um, helping, uh, providing people with the information and making choices easier. But there's, there's some actually really quite big shifts that need to happen behind the scenes that, that I guess are almost inevitable once you start on, on this journey. You start thinking about things in a much wider way. But um, it's amazing how cliched, life-changing it is, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's right. And it, and it, and I think this notion that, oh, it's more expensive or, oh, you know, I'm going to have to deny myself. I actually think that's not always, it's not always as cut and dry as that. Yeah. And, you know, often going for a lovely walk in the country, which has, or in a, you know, in a, in a park, in a, mm-hmm. in a city can be just as great an experience as going shopping or, um, you know, doing something that does have an environmental impact. And I think a lot of it's just of changing our habits and, you know, resetting some of what we assume to be normal, changing our defaults really, which, which yes. is, you know, so embedded in society today. And actually that doesn't, it, it often means a, a nicer, better life rather than some sort of life of denial. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it needs very much, we need to, to reframe it ourselves and as a um, sort of collective helping people to, to make changes in that it's not about what you lose. It's trying to look at the things that you will gain um, as a result of it as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So what do you think we've spoken a little bit about that disconnect maybe between people's values and their actions or their, their values and what they want and their actions and the things that they end up buying what do you think is the biggest thing stopping people making better choices? Um, I think lack of information mm. about the kind of choices around environmental and health impacts <laughs> is a key one. Um, and ease and availability of these, yeah. these products as well is is a real challenge. And um, you can you definitely can find sustainable products and there's an increasing market in that Mm -hmm. but in terms of the regular way that we shop 
you have to you have to have you have to be armed with the information to make those decisions yeah yeah so with the app I was just thinking about you know it is making things so much easier but when you're rushing around the supermarket with the the kids in tow and they're whinging at you and things you might not have time to to stop and do it but you can scan all these things once you're at home can't you and then maybe make a slightly different shopping list based on some of the alternative suggestions and things like that Exactly. And that's actually how the majority of people tend to use the app. So some do scan in the supermarket, but we were surprised to to see from our uh, surveys and interviews, etc, that the majority do scan at home exactly in that way. And, you know, they get their kids to scan at home and, you know, it becomes a bit more of a sort of investigative activity when you're not um, under pressure rushing around the supermarket with your trolley. Um, and you know the, the uh, there's not always an internet connection, etc. So um, it's um, yes, often at home is the best time to do it because changing your behaviour and changing your way of life is something that happens gradually. It doesn't yeah. just happen overnight. Yeah. So you just said then about not having an internet internet connection. What happens if you don't have Wi-Fi when you're out and you're trying to get some information? Uh, so the app will remember what you've scanned and it shows the products pending. So then when you do get Wi-Fi connection, oh, you can just press it again and then it then it uh, will show that product. And I totally hadn't thought about doing it with the kids, but that's genius. That's just brilliant because I think a lot of us struggle to maybe not engage our children, but talk to them in a accessible or we worry about overwhelming them don't we and and sort of presenting them with lots of problems and not not the answers so actually if we were to sit down with them and do this we can open up conversations around plastic around choices that we have as consumers in a very natural way yeah I think that's right and we definitely hear from um we've done some work with with schools and with school children that children go home and get their parents to go and scan in their cupboards and tell them they they need to change this product or change that product and and it is we it is very simple to use so kids actually can use it in a in a you know super easy way so our our kids use it regularly and give us you know running commentary on how particular products are performing my kids would love to just be let loose with my phone scanning loads of stuff (laughs) exactly it's the only time they get their hands on the phone (laughs) and you mentioned doing work with schools there did i see on the website you've got a schools program yes we have yes so we've we've created some materials um at this stage around palm oil which have been used in a number of schools and um yeah, so we go into schools and talk in assemblies and support teachers or parents, in fact, also who want to want to try to do more environmental work within schools um, in a number of different ways. Oh, brilliant. And would you, looking ahead, is that something that you want to grow in terms of the, the scope of the different things you talk about? Yeah, I definitely think, um, I think where there's a demand, we'd be very happy to go and help schools in, in whatever way is useful, oh. really. I think it's, um, it's for schools who are very busy, it's about how you fit it in with the, with the curriculum. Yeah. And uh, it tends to be driven either by a very committed teacher who's really into the issues or by a parent or group of parents who who want to try to um, encourage schools to be greener. And when that comes together, it's fantastic and, and really powerful. And the kids 
really love it. Um, I went to speak up at a school in uh, Stow recently where they've done loads of work around plastics and the kids really knew their stuff. It was just mm. pri- primary schools. So they were young and uh, was talking to them about palm oil. And within, so I'd spoken their assembly and by the time I went around to talk to them in the classroom, they'd already decided to change uh, the bread and the butter that oh. they were using. So yes, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's really great to talk to children about environmental issues through what we consume because it helps bring it alive and helps show that we can all make a difference. And I think that's a really important message to them that we do all, we do all have a voice and we can make that voice heard. And I think that the earlier we can get that message across that actually um, you have power even as one person, because I think when we talk about these issues you know, when I read about them and when I watch things, it's overwhelming because it's so big. And, and you talk to kids about, you know, melting polar ice caps and things and, and they can't, that's massive. That's huge. That's, you know, but if you can bring it back to look at what, this is what we're buying in the supermarket. How can we make that better? That empowers them, I think, to feel like they can effect a change. Yeah, exactly right. And and also it gets them to start to talk to their parents and some of the children are then contacting companies and encouraging them to to make changes and it's and I think it's it's that sort of co- community collective that that so often galvanizes around schools and around, you know, intergenerational um influences that can really make a difference. Yeah. So longer term, what is the kind of the mission or the aim for for Geeky to have? Uh, So in a nutshell, we just want to make it easy for people to reduce their environmental impact. So Mm. that's that sort of driving force. more specifically we're just developing a badge called the hero badge which will indicate products that have a low environmental impact across a a number of different indicators Mm -hmm. so if you if you buy hero products you can be confident that you're reducing your environmental impacts by about you know 30 to 40 percent in line in line with uh, compared to the um, UK average so that's I think that yeah we're really excited about that because I think uh, quite a large number of our community because of that uh, time pressure and mm. you know being busy and having loads of other things going on actually just want a very clear indicator this is a product that I can feel confident with across the board of different environmental indicators so so that should be coming out later in the summer and then in the longer term we're building um sort of broader um sustainable lifestyle tool and plan that will look at our, our total environmental impact as individuals so looking at things like home um wow. products and services travel etc and we'll then show you know how we measure up um against you know we can either look at the uk average or Mm -hmm. then people can input more detail if they want to look more specifically at a personal level and then equally importantly providing not just a a challenge but also a solution show how um changes can be made to reduce impact in different areas yeah actually i was i don't know if i had a conversation in one of my facebook groups or something with people about this saying that to be able to track your carbon footprint in terms of to see the changes that you're making and the effect that that that's having on your carbon footprint because a lot of the um the carbon footprint calculators look on a very large scale you know how many cars have you got how many bedrooms are in your house that kind of thing so it's yeah. quite hard to feel like you're to see the reduction in that with these smaller changes that you're making but 
it sounds like this this might be something that gets close to that is it yeah we definitely want it to be and you know there are there are certain changes that you can make um that really do have quite a significant impact um in terms of you know on a on a on a total basis mm. and then other changes that you can make that have an impact if you do them on an ongoing basis right. um, around you know your food and your food and drink footprint for example and actually just making that information easy to access and easy to understand yeah. and and giving some guidance and advice on on how you can how you can make those changes easily and without having to um you know sort of hair shirt yourself yeah yeah which is which is very important. Um, yeah. We hope hope that that will be helpful. Yeah, no, that sounds like it would be hugely helpful. It sounds amazing. Oh, yeah, my mind is blown by how much, like all the data that you've already collected, but at all the plans that you've got for the um, for the future. Does it feel daunting, or are you excited? Um, it's really exciting because, it, yeah, I mean, of course, it does sometimes feel daunting, and uh, of, yeah, it does. But I think because. Um, because within our team and there are only three of us, um, we've got totally different skills, all three of us, and we've got a fantastic group of volunteers who help us in all sorts of different ways. Um, and being small, you can, you can get on with things and, and also, you know, you, you read the news every day and you look at your kids and you think about what the world might look like if we don't sort the problems out and you know you don't need a stronger motivator than that yes I often think I don't want them to turn around to me in 30 years time and just say you know what the hell are you doing and to be able to say look this is what I did and you know I did everything that I could do um I think that for me that feels really important exactly I totally agree totally agree so how can we download the app so it's on the App Store and it's on Google Play and um, it's totally free. Uh, you just search for Geeky or Geeky Badges. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've also got a website, which is www.geekybadges.com. And you can click on there and it will send you to App Store or wherever. Exactly. Yes. Brilliant. On the, on the, on the are front. you on social media as well? Yes, yeah, so we're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Geeky Badges. And if you want to really get into the nitty gritty of palm oil, we've got a palm oil audit Facebook group, which oh, uh, wow. gives chapter and verse on uh, on uh, you know supermarket aisles and, and what they look like in terms of palm oil and sustainable palm oil. Wow. Oh, I did. I had no idea. (laughs) Brilliant. Oh, fabulous. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing it. I think I'm convinced that people are just going to, once they know about it and um, it just no brainer, completely should download it and start using it to, to easily make shopping more sustainable. Oh, well, thank you. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. And I also love everything that you're doing around just making it easier for people to share ideas. And I've got all sorts of tips from, from, your, um, from your Facebook groups about oh, all sorts brilliant. of things. So yeah, it's great. You've been listening to Sustainable-ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small. Every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, 
do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Bye.